church, as we finish the final week of the series, the best is yet to come if, I'm super excited about this message. The whole premise of the series for the last four or five weeks has been, um, we always say at church, the best is yet to come. But the reality is, that's not a true statement unless we do something. Unless we act upon what God tells us to do. Then if we do that, then we can say, the best is yet to come for me. The best is yet to come for my marriage. The best is yet to come for my family. Then we can say it. So the final week, I'm going to start with a question. And uh, have you ever, have you ever been, has there ever been a time in your life when you literally thought, I'm going to die? Like an unsafe time, a real scary time, a moment that you thought, it's over. Maybe you were teaching somebody to drive. Maybe someone was teaching you to drive, right? Ava, that wasn't that long ago I was teaching you to drive. Remember that? How fun that was? And I would teach Ava on the fly. So she'd be driving and I'd quiz her. I'm like, Ava, that green light coming up? If that green light turns yellow right now, what do you do? She's like, well, I stop. I said, no, you speed up, Ava. You're not going to pass if you keep, no. She couldn't get it. I don't know. I don't know how she passed. But anyway, so have you ever thought, I'm going to die? Like like I have. I've shared the story one time. Uh, Jody and I went deep sea fishing. Or, or as I like to call it, deep sea puking, because that's what I did the entire time. Miserable, okay? Because why wouldn't you spend hundreds of dollars to pay a stranger to take you 15 miles away from the safety of, 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 of land and go on, on 10-foot waves until you get somewhere and then spend the two hours puking over the boat? I mean, we're paying him to do that. After I thought about it, Jody, he should have paid us. I mean, I was putting chum in the water for him, right? Seriously, if you think about it, I was so miserable. You guys, I had to be, I had to look as green as the Meadows Church logo. It was so, I, I, I was so miserable. Like, I, not only did I think I was going to die, I was ready. I even told Jody, I said, I don't want to take my own life. That ain't right. But, I, but if you want to throw me over the edge, do it. I mean, take, pick me up right now and just, ch- I'm ready to meet Jesus. And here's the, here's the sad thing. She was contemplating it. I know she was. I know she was thinking, she's thinking, I, you know, she might still think it some days. But I thought I was going to die. Let me give you question number two, along with question number one. And this one you, you have to think about. If you could know the day that you were going to die, would you want to know it? See, I think, it's, I think we're torn here. I think I, I better, well, let's just show it. Online, I need you participating with a hand raise. So if you could know the date, would you want to know it? Hands up. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. There's advantages. If you don't want to know the date, hands up. Okay, more don't want to know it. I, I'm kind of in that camp. I don't, it kind of freaks me out. But, but I get the ones that do want to know it. I get it. Because, because things, it would change some things in your life. So let's say, let's, let's play a game. Just play with me here. If you could know the date, let's say you found out the date. Let's say you wanted to know or you didn't want to know, but still you learned the date that you were going to die. Maybe it's a doctor's diagnosis and you said you got three months. You have three months to live. See, think of how your life would change. I guarantee you it would change. Like, for example, if you're eating kale right now, you ain't eating kale anymore, okay? You're eating Cold Stone. That's what I know. There ain't no more kale. I mean, no. Working out, that, no. Gym membership, no. I don't need it. Three months. Think of how differently. Like, honestly, contemplate. You've been told you have three months. What does that look like? What would matter less to you? Think about that for a second. What would matter less? What would matter more to you? 90 days. What would matter more to you? 
See, I think we would realize very quickly that our most valuable commodity, time, is more valuable than ever. By the way, that is your most valuable commodity in the side of heaven, time. And I, I believe I can speak for you in saying that you would probably invest that, that limited time not in doing a bunch of more things, but I bet you would invest in the things that matter most. You'd want to, and maybe you're not even sure what that would be, but I'm telling you, you'd want to. And that's a good thing. See, I think it's good to live pretending like you got three months because you, you may. I don't know. All I know is this. The best is yet to come if you invest in what matters most. It, it is, I promise you. If you invest in what matters most. See, we live in a fast-paced world. You know that. A chaotic world. A world that's always moving and going and getting distracted. And distracted. And I say it all the time. The devil doesn't care if you're bad as long as you're busy. See, that's what he likes. And we're doing all these things and getting all this in. But yet as I study the life of Christ, who I, can we agree that Jesus, no one has a more full schedule than Jesus. I mean, I don't care who you are. He had to accomplish a lot in three years of ministry. But, but yet, as I study the word of God, you know what I never see? I never see Jesus running around hectic. I never see Jesus frantic. He, I don't see him run anywhere. I don't see him running around, going crazy, looking for a cell phone, you know. Yeah, by the way, you ever look for your cell phone while you're on your cell phone? See, I'm that crazy. So pray for your pastor. So Jesus is never frantically searching, never going crazy. I wrote this down. Jesus was productive, but never overwhelmed. Anybody feel overwhelmed? He accomplished everything God wanted him to do. Yet he still spent long days alone with the Father. How did he do that? Jesus didn't have a lot of time, but yet he had time for everyone. Don't miss this. He had time for everyone he needed to have time for. The story that we're going to today is found in the Gospel of Luke. So the New Testament, that's when Jesus came to earth and after, right? Christmas, you know, Jesus is born. So in, in, in Luke recorded the stu- some of the stuff that Jesus did. And in this gospel, which means good news, that's all the word means, uh, Jesus is hanging out with one of his favorite families. Jesus had friends, regular friends. And this family that we know of had three siblings, right? There was Lazarus, and there was Mary, and there was Martha. Lazarus didn't make this story. It was just the sisters that made the story. But Jesus and his disciples, they're walking along and they get to Bethany, a town where they live. And and in, and in Luke 10, verse 38, I'll pick up the story. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Okay, can we agree? It's one thing to have a guest over. But it's a whole different ball game to have the King of King and Lord of Lords visiting your home. Can you, can you agree you might be cleaning for like three, four days? We would at our house. I mean, Jody, you have us picking up if the, if the UPS guy's going to make a delivery. I'm like, Jody, he's not coming in. Well, he could look in. No, no, he won't. So, but they're cleaning. They're, cl- they're, they're getting ready for Jesus. Now listen, so, so Martha invites him in. Watch what Mary does. Her sister, Mary, sits at the Lord's feet. Just sitting there. Sits at the Lord's feet, listening to what Jesus taught. Okay. Martha is distracted. Martha is flustered. Martha's a little ticked off at, at Sister Mary. Martha, 
She's making a big dinner. She's preparing it. And she comes to Jesus. And, and it's so good. She says, Jesus, Lord. Like they know Jesus is somebody special. They know he's anointed. She calls him Lord. Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. Anybody who has kids, you've been in this situation. I guarantee you. Jake, can you unload and reload the dishwasher? Oh, can Ava help me? I'm like, Jake, Ava and your mom are in Arizona. He's like, I'll wait. I'm like, no, you won't. No, you won't. So, okay, just, oh, I want to. So she, Martha's flustered. She's like, I'm trying to get some stuff done here. I'm trying to do some things. I, and now, what was, okay, let's finish the scripture and then I'm going to ask you a question. The Lord responds to Martha's, like, cry for help. He says, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all the details, all these things, everything you got to get done. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. In other words, Jesus is saying, there's only one thing that matters most right now. And this is what it is. He says, Mary discovered it and it will not be taken from her. So Mary's on to something and she ain't doing anything, but yet she's doing everything. So, so what, and, and Martha, is what Martha do, is what she's doing bad? No, she's cooking food. Food is good. Plus she's cooking not just for anybody, but for Jesus. That's a good thing. But the problem is Mary was so busy doing something for Jesus that she was missing the time with him. This is so key. So along those lines, listen to this. When we, what we do with Christ is far more important than what we do for him. I'm going to say that again. What we do with Jesus is way more important. For those of you, a lot of you wearing green shirts today, representing the body of Christ, serving the church, loving the church. By the way, if our Dream Team volunteers don't show up, like if I don't show up, church still happens. If they don't show up, we are in trouble. You should put your hands together for the people that serve in the church. They're amazing. Maybe you want to be on that team. I guarantee God wants you on it. But anyway, so, 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 by the way, don't you think there's times, I'm thinking about Martha in the room with Jesus, or excuse me, Mary in the room with Jesus, Martha a few feet away in the kitchen doing all these things. See, sometimes I think we're so busy, we miss the blessing. The blessing was happening in the living room. Uh, Martha's in the kitchen doing all kinds of good things, but not doing the greatest thing. We miss the blessing. Let's run Mary and Martha through our little filter. Remember the filter? We have three months to live. That's the premise. Mary and Martha, you have three months left. How differently would that day look? I don't know if Martha would, or I don't know if Mary would change a thing. I bet Martha would. If her time with Christ, she knew it was that limited. Don't, I bet she wouldn't be in the kitchen laboring, uh, uh, working over a hot stove for hours. I bet she'd be calling Uber Eats. I'm just going to guess. Now, is she going to pay a lot of money? Yes, she's going to pay a lot of money, but it don't matter because you know what? Her, vote, her most valuable commodity is time, and, that, and she knows that. Limited time with Jesus. Mary knew what mattered most, and that's what she invested in. And as simple as that concept is for you and I, it's not simple at all. I would venture to say a lot of us, me included, when we look at our day and we look how we go through it, we don't invest maybe in what matters most. We invest, we invest in um, the urgent 
but maybe not the important. And I can be guilty of that, and maybe you can too. I just thought about it. <laughs> every day is a gift. You know, every, not just every day is a gift. Every minute is a gift. And I think we need to ask ourselves all the time, like all the time throughout the day, am I investing in the right activities? Am I investing in what, really what matters most? Like live like your time is that limited. I think you would, your life would look, it would, it would be so much different. And I think it would be so much more purpose-filled and passionate for the Lord. I just truly believe it. Like three words we could ask ourselves all the time, right? Repeat them after me. Say, is it wise? Is what I'm doing wise? Is, am I being a Martha or am I being a Mary? What am I doing at the moment? Busy is what the world says is good. But Jesus, he lives so countercultural. And by the way, busy is not the same as being productive. Big difference. We've already said it. Mary was productive sitting there, seemingly doing nothing. She was being very productive, according to Jesus. Martha, running around distracted, is very busy, but not doing the greatest thing. You can be busy. I see a lot of people a lot of days, and maybe you have too, very busy, getting a lot done, going here, going there, doing this, doing that. Very busy, but not really getting anything done. Like, like I'll, I've seen it. Like, you ever hung out with a meth addict? Not that, I'm, not that I'm condoning that or even recommending that, but I've been around, a few of them, and you know what kind of conversations we'll have, or they'll have, not we anymore, but they? Here's what you'll hear. Hey, what'd you do, on, what'd you do over the weekend? Oh, man, it was great. I, I took, a, took my motor out of my car, and I disassembled the entire thing. It's like, really? What was wrong with it? Nothing. It's like, <laughs> well, we just did it. I mean, it, that does not make sense. What are you doing? It does. So if you hear nothing else, hear this. Don't do more. Don't get sucked into doing more, 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 Martha, more, Martha, more, Martha, more. Do what matters most. But pastor... What matters most? Go back to the scripture. Go back to what Jesus is teaching us. Don't do more. Do more of what matters most. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. Right? Oh, I need to do this. I should do that. I should do that. I should do that. I should. I should. You end up shooting all over the place. It's a mess. Careful. Careful. God, I really enunciate when I'm up here. So... Uh, <laughs> just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. You know what that reminds me of? I told Ava this. I said, Ava, as Ava just turned 17, I said, Ava, just because a boy likes you. Yeah, that's what I thought. Just because a boy likes you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Did you see that, Ava? Just because a boy likes you doesn't mean you need to like him back. You guys, so just a little side note, when Jody and I were on our little trip a couple months ago, I, I bought a book, and I read the entire book while we were gone, and the book was like 10 myths um, of teenage dating, because I got to know, right? I'm, I want to be, I want to know what's going on, so I read this book, and I, did, I didn't just consume the book the entire time, like I typed up notes. Everything that I underlined, I typed it all up so I had these documents. So I'm writing. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go have a conversation with Ava. It's going to be so fun. So I get, we get back from the trip, and I said, Ava, let's have a date night. And, you know, if there's food involved, I'll get, I'll get her. She, she's, she's good with that. And she loves Olive Garden. So I knew how to get her. I said, Ava, Ava I want to take you to Olive Garden. Remember that, Ava? That was a good night. And you know it. We had fun. So 
we go to Olive Garden. It was great. It was, you know, the bottomless breadsticks and salad. Oh, it was incredible. So we're over this bottomless, bottomless breadsticks. We're sitting there. And as we're sitting there, she had no idea. So I reached my back pocket and I pull out this sheet. And she's like, Dad, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, Ava, I just have a few questions. And she said, Dad, you're, she's looking around, you're being weird. I said, Ava, you should be used to that by now, okay? Now, back to the questions, okay? So I said, this is so crazy. I mean, you're, you're so grateful you're not my kid, aren't you? So I said, Ava, here's what I asked her. I said, Ava, what are your deal breakers? And she said, what are you talking about? And I grabbed the piece of paper for my notes, and I said, what are your deal breakers when it comes to dating? And she's like, I said, you need deal breakers. And since you can't come up with anybody, any of them, I have a list right here. So I said, here we go. Here's your deal breakers, Ava. I said, it's your true story. Isn't it? You wish it wasn't, but it is, and I love you. So I said, if he doesn't love Jesus, gone. If he drinks or does drugs, come on, gone. If he's failing any classes, gone. If he's not a Dallas Cowboys fan, gone. Okay? Come on, work with me. If, if he generally isn't kind to everyone, he's gone. And Ava, if he ever lays a hand on you, he's gone, and daddy's going to jail. Okay? That's what's going to happen. So I'm just saying, that's, I'm gone too. You have to find a new pastor. So, <laughs> I love you, sweetie. So, just because he likes you doesn't mean you have to like him. D don't do more. Do more of what matters most. Stop creating a to-do list. Create a to-don't list. Don't, create a stop-doing list. I'm convinced most of us need to do that. So the team that I lead, a leadership team here at the church, every three months we go through a new win. Say win. You know, what it's, you know the acronym? Win. What's important now? Dang, that's, I should have included that in the notes. I wish I would have. Anyway, write that down. What's important now? And we, we, we really, we ask ourselves, if we can do one thing as, as leadership over the next three months, this is great for any organization, by the way. If we could do one thing over the next three months, just one thing we accomplish, one rock we get up a hill, what would it be? And we pray over it, and we, and we look at ideas, and we brainstorm, and we drill it down to one thing. And it is so specific. And I tell you what, when you get a team of leaders and they're not focused on this silo or that thing or their department or that ministry, but we're all centered together on that, oh my gosh, unbelievable things happen. What's important now if we could accomplish just one thing? Like if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, you know what you'll be, you know, what we're tempted to say as a pastor, Jesus is what's important now. Jesus, you're what matters most. I, I'm Mary. I'm sitting there at the feet of Jesus. But the reality is, you'd have to look at my calendar probably to really determine that, right? Because I can say I'm at the feet of Jesus, but if I'm spending more time in Facebook than I am in his book, it says something otherwise. It, it just does. Oh, by the way, by the way, look up here. I'm so proud of every one of you. I'll just tell you straight up. Where, where, where you're at right now, what you're investing in right now, the bride of Christ the hope of the world through the, through the message of Jesus. I don't think there, I don't know if there's a greater investment to start your week, a better way to refocus your thoughts and refocus your minds rather than right where you're at. I don't think there's any better place because it's here. It's here that you're going to find like encouragement today that you need. You'll find it here. It's here that you're going to find purpose that you're looking for. You'll find it here.
It's here that you're going to be filled with faith for the weak. It's here that you're going to be surrounded with hope. You'll be covered in love. It's here you're going to hear the truth. When the world tells you a bunch of lies, it's here that you will hear the truth. And Jesus said, that truth will set you free. It's here. Keep investing in yourself. The hardest person to lead is you. That's the hardest person for us to lead is me. I promise you. We will point you to purpose. We'll point you to life. We'll point you to truth. We'll point you to Jesus. And if you don't believe in him yet, that's okay. You keep coming back. I promise you, he'll do a work. If you could do one thing in your life right now, back to our three-month little thing. If you have, what, what, what's your win? What's important now? Don't give me the Christianese answer. Don't give me the answer you're supposed to give because you're in church or watching church online or watching a message online. Don't give me that. Give it to me. What, 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 what's most important? If I can invest in nothing else. What Parents, how about your kids? If your kids can only do one activity for the final three months of their life or your life, what would that be? See, here, here's what I'll tell you. Jake loves baseball. Ava loves tennis. Three months left, I don't know if we're rushing to a lot of baseball games in Council Bluffs. I don't know if we're, we're going to take the trek to Fremont for tennis. I just don't know if we'll do that as much. And I'm not, and I love sports. I'll say that all the time. I love it, but what's the one thing? I'm convinced that we have to start thinking differently. Romans 12, 2 says, let the, let the Lord change you by renew, renewing your mind. Renewing your mind. We have to change the way we think. The great Billy Graham, I, I, I love him, he, the late Billy Graham now. Billy Graham, so growing up for me, I date myself a little bit here, uh, we didn't have like Netflix. There, we, didn't know, we didn't have satellite. We didn't have, I mean, three channels. My God, that's how bad I had it. And that was on a good day. If the antennas aren't right, maybe two or one. So there was Billy Graham. And my mom would sit us down and we'd listen to this guy just go after it. I had no clue what he was saying, but he was sure passionate about it. And he, and he talked a lot about a man named Jesus. And there's something about Billy Graham and the way that he brought the word and the way that he brought hope and the way that he brought the gospel, one of the greatest evangelists that, that has ever lived throughout the last hundred years. I found uh, this clip. And my, it's like God. God directs these messages, thank God. If I did it, they would suck. But if he does it, they're pretty good. This is what, this is what I found. Would you just take two minutes and just check out the screen and watch this? Time is short. What is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. If I told, if someone had told me when I was 20 years old that life was very short and would pass just like that, I wouldn't have believed it. And if I tell you that, you don't believe it either. I cannot get young people to understand how brief life is, how quickly it passes. It seems like yesterday I was in school. Every one of us here has been given the same amount of time in a day. 1,440 minutes a day, 168 hours per week. What a thing it is when you think that you have just one short life to spend and it'll soon be over. I'd write down my priorities in life. And I'd get committed to certain priorities. Now is the accepted time. The things we ought to do, the classes we ought to take, the books we ought to read. Do it now. 
the family that needs you, spend more time now. Write that letter home now that you've been meaning to write. Money you ought to give, give now. Time for study, do it now. People you ought to witness to, do it now. Every time the clock ticks, it seems to say now, today, if you will hear his voice. There may not be a tomorrow for you and for me because there's a warning to time. Time is running out for all of us. Time is too short for indecision and vacillation. Do not halt between two opinions. Fools say that time is long. Every morning we have 86,400 seconds to spend and to invest. And each day the bank named time opens a new account for you and for me. It allows no balances and no overdrafts. If you fail to use the day's deposits, the loss is yours. The Bible says redeem the time because the days are evil. If there was ever a time for the gospel that can transform the human heart, it's now. Jesus said as long as it is day, we must do the work of him that sent us. The night is coming when no man can work. The night is going to come in your life. Yet there was a serenity about the work of the Lord Jesus. It's the quality of life, not the length. Jesus only had 33 years. And it ended on the cross. To the world, he was a failure at that moment. Yet at the end of his life, he said, I finished the work that thou gavest me to do. It doesn't matter whether you live another year or two years or five years. Will your work be finished? Is there a quality to it? Is there a dedication to it? Suppose all of our members tithe their time to witness for Christ as we tithe our income for the church. Fill your heart with the word of God. I found that those who know the scriptures are the ones that have the power today. But we need men and women who walk with God. And if you do that, you too can finish the work that God gave you to do and help us to realize the brevity and the urgency of time and may we invest what little time we have in the kingdom of God. Investing in what matters most. I'm convinced of something. Most people, me included sometimes, we don't get what we want because we don't know what we want. See, I think it's, I think it's so normal to go through a day and go through the next day like you did the previous day and the next day and the next day. And you'll shove a week of vacation here and a week of vacation there and we'll call it a year. And then you, I'll do the same thing the next year and the same thing the next year and pretty soon she's 17 years old and you'll wonder how did they get so big. What matters most? Fear is a big deal. I think we're afraid we're gonna miss out, right? FOMO, fear of missing out. Afraid that we have to try everything the world has to offer. That we're going to miss something if we don't. Afraid we're going to miss that one thing. You know, the one thing that you're searching for. The one thing that you know is going to be the answer. It's going to be the one thing that will fill the void. But I came to tell somebody that nothing this world offers will ever fill it. Only Jesus Christ, the sinless, spotless Son of God, will ever give you what you so desperately wanted all along. Only Him. God, he's in love with you. God, he wants to meet you here. And God, he wants to give you a life that is so purpose-driven, that is so filled of what, not, not all the things, but the few things that matter most. The days that you sit at the 
feet of Jesus. And nothing, it feels like you're doing nothing, but yet you're doing everything. The gospel. Martha, it was about what she had to do, right? I've got to cook this. I've got to clean that. I've got to, I've got to watch that. I've got to set the timer for that. I've got to fix the table here. I've got to do, 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 do. And Mary's not doing anything, yet Jesus says she's doing everything. And we live the same life, and we think the gospel means that. The good news, God, i got to do it for you. i got to quit looking at porn. And yes, he does want you to quit looking at porn. But even if you do it and he wants you to, that's not going to give you a relationship with him. That's not going to save you. It's the salvation normally that would come first, and then he'll start to work things out in your life. This is the gospel, the gospel that I used to say, i got to do it. i got to climb the ladder. i got to be good. i got to be better. And I thought the gospel, the good news, heaven was about what I do. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. It's about what I've done. And it's done. This is the cross of Jesus Christ. You know, the one Mary would listen about and hear about when Jesus said, one day I'm going to leave Mary and I'm going to go. But don't worry, Mary, don't fret. And tell your sister this when you talk to her later today because she's busy. But tell her, I'm coming back. Oh, by the way, Mary, even, even your brother Lazarus, things might happen in his life. Just know that. But when it seems like it's over, just know that it may not be over. Not when Jesus is involved. The gospel says this. By the way, if you don't know Christ or you never accepted Christ, this, you should lean into what I'm about to tell you. Nothing you do will ever do it. You can't be good enough, and neither can I. Jesus went to that cross and that, that, that cup that we drank, representing the blood that poured out, the blood covered everybody's sins. They just have to accept it and receive it. That's why Jesus went to the cross and died this heinous death for you and for me, because we're, we're messed up. You, you already know you're messed up. I don't need to convince you of that. I, I know I'm messed up. I prove it every day. And Jesus says, I, 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 I came to cover you with my love and my grace and my mercy, my forgiveness but I want, you to, I want you to want it. I won't force it. So he says, I'll die. But, but the kicker to the salvation isn't Jesus' death because thousands would die by, by crucifixion. The key is the resurrection. Three days later, Jesus would bring himself back to life, you guys. Nobody's, that's never happened. And it never will happen. But because our king that we worship at this church, because he brought himself back to life, we're all in. Because if he can do that, he can change you, and he can change me. So the Word of God says when you believe in that story of the, the crucifixion and the resurrection, and then you, 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 you ask Jesus to forgive you, he's, he, he died to forgive you. Oh, I'm, I've done too many things. He already knows what you've done. Ask him to come into you and make you new now. Like Billy Graham said, the gospel. Invest in the kingdom of God. Invest in yourself. Put the kingdom of God in you, and then you can invest it in others. And if you're, if you're here and you're saved by Jesus, what are you investing it in? Are you investing that into others? Are you using it for the, for the glory of God? The, the, green, the green connect cards, whatever your decision is today, would you mark it and hand it in so we know and we can celebrate with you? Checking a box doesn't save you. Praying a special prayer doesn't save you. We pray the prayer some weeks. It just, it, I just want you to know what you're doing. I want you to know that it, it's your faith that saves you. It's your faith in God's grace. That's a recipe. Martha, you want to make something in the kitchen? 
mix up faith and mix up faith and grace. <laughs> you, you know what? You know what? You know what comes out of the oven, Martha? What comes out of the oven is an empty tomb and salvation for you and for me. Accept it. Sell out to it. The world will show you lies. It does every day. All Jesus wants to do is give you life and life to the full. That's what the word of God says. And I, I felt so heavy as I went through this message this week. I feel like there's such a, a weight on us as a nation and even as a world. You don't, every time I open the news, people killed here, people dead there. It's not hard to think. Oh, maybe I do have three months. I don't know. It's heavy. God gives me a scripture. Out of, out of Matthew. Matthew, his disciple, recorded it, Matthew 11. Now, this is a paraphrase. So it's, it's the same scripture, but it's a message paraphrase. So it, it's worded, it means the same, worded differently. And the way it's worded, I liked for this message. Are you tired? It's okay to say you are. I am too some days. Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me, Jesus says. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you, Martha. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. You know the grace that saves you. I'm Jesus. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. You'll learn to live freely and lightly you want that? Don't you want to live that way rather than the way the world says to live? Don't let the chaotic pace of the world push you in the wrong direction. You'll have to fight against what is normal. You've got to fight against others' expectations. You have to fight to be different. And some of you are thinking, I don't have a lot of fight left. My prayer for you today is that you will let the love of God wash over you, renew your strength, renew your spirit. Why? Because giving up is not an option. Not today, devil. Not today. If you believe it and you receive it, can you shout louder than that? Can you stop louder than that? Can you give God praise for the next 10 seconds? I want to hear you. He loves to hear you. God, have your way. God, do your thing. The Spirit of the Lord is here. He wants to intersect with your life and change it. We're going to worship. And after worship, the prayer team will come up. I pray you don't leave right away. I pray you let us pray for you. Whether it's in the prayer room, whether it's up here, whether it's somebody you're sitting next to, I don't care where it is or who it is. Don't leave here without prayer from somebody, please. Father, you are crazy good. And we're crazy messed up. So we make a good team. Because we need you to guide us. Like you would guide Mary in a, in a quiet living room as she sits at the feet. Here's what I just thought of God. Oh my gosh. God, you show us Mary three times in your Gospels. Oh, this is crazy. Every time. <laughs> at the house, she sits at your feet. Remember when she learned about her brother? The Word of God says she, she fell at your feet. Mary did. And the last time that we hear about Mary in the Word of God, God, it was when she broke in the room and dumped expensive perfume at your feet. 
here's what I think you're trying to show us. It is at the foot of the cross where grace and faith collide, where hope is found, where faith is restored, where bondages are broken, where people are set free, where dead people come back to life. The foot of Jesus. God, we want to meet you there today. I don't know what it looks like. I just know that it's better than the life that we try to live. Because when we try to do it our way, it don't look right. And it don't feel right. And it leaves us broken, anxious, depressed, struggling, fearful. And you offer everything that is the opposite of those things. Jesus, I pray that many will surrender everything to you today. I pray that others are really going to challenge themselves today, God. They'll write a to-don't list. They'll really start to live pretending like, you know what, I got three months. And they might be right on. I don't know. I just know that if we live like, like, like this world is brief as you say it is, and we live like eternity is as long as it is, we will live much differently than we live many days. And something I know about Meadows Church is we're, we're different, God. That's how you made us. And we want to be. We don't want to be normal. We want to be weird. We want to be different. We don't want to look like the world. We want to look like you. Help us look like you today, God. We love you. We thank you. In you, the best is yet to come.